Well, praise God. <clears throat> I've lost my voice a little bit already, but that's expected. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll tell you, it's a wonderful privilege to minister the Word of God this morning. Pastor is in Denver, Colorado. He's up there with Pastor Marshall and Cherise. He's preaching a, a revival. Hallelujah. Amen. They're on the last day of their revival, and God's doing great and mighty things. And Pastor will be bringing testimonies back and sharing what God has done there in Denver when he gets back. Amen. How many have been praying for your pastor? Amen. Amen. We need to pray for our pastor. Amen. It's a privilege and an opportunity for me to minister God's word. And, you know, one thing I've always been discipled to know is that it's not the preparation of the sermon, but it's the preparation of the man of God who is going to preach the sermon. Amen. And I know that God has a word for us this morning. I'm blessed and privileged. We'd like to welcome all you online this morning. And welcome to Victory World Outreach, where you're going to hear the truth. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. Amen. And I encourage you to get back as soon as you can. If you're able to, get back into the services and be a part of what God is doing right here in these services. Amen. The presence of God is in this place. How many can say amen this morning? Amen. Let's say amen like we mean it this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. I'll tell you what, I won't get as excited if you give me some noise today. Okay? Unless you want me to get excited, just stay quiet in your seats and I'll get loud. Hallelujah. Amen. I guess you want me to get loud. Praise God. It was going to happen anyways. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you got your Bibles this morning, turn over, if you would, to the book of Acts, chapter 20. And I'm going to read a passage of Scripture. Our text this morning is going to be Acts, chapter 20, verse 17 through 38. It's long. Uh, Chris, I have a little bit of a ring in my ear. I'm not sure what it is, but try to help me out. My ears are just different, and I'm sure it's right where Pastor wants it, but uh, <clears throat> I'm getting a ring, and I tend to scream, and I do that anyways. But anyways... Acts chapter 20, verse 17, if you have that, say amen. amen. The word of the Lord says, and from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, ye know, from the first day I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have shown you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Spirit witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord, Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Ye all, uh, of the grace of God, I'm sorry about that. And now, behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned 
to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Now stick with me. It's, it's a long scripture. Long passage of scripture here. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the, the, the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn every one night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God. I commend you to God. To the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have shown you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him unto the ship. This morning, I want to take a few minutes and minister his word this morning. And I want to title this message, What Does Your Bank Deposit Look Like? How many have a bank account in this place today? Just lift your hand up. Most of us have a bank account. But what's more important in a banking account is the savings account. And I want to ask you this morning, what are you depositing into your savings account? Now, your savings account isn't just a bank account. It's something that you're putting in to save for the future, amen? Something that's going to help you to grow later in life. So every single week, every single month, you and I, we are making deposits uh, into our bank account. And this morning, I want you to understand that if you have a bank account, uh, the only way to make it grow is to literally, whether it's on a phone or you go to your bank, you make a deposit into that bank, amen? So I want you to realize also that Deposits are absolutely necessary to build a savings account. Your savings account will not grow if you're not putting money in it. The things in your life will not grow if you're not investing into those things. Amen? So if we're going to build God's kingdom, and if we're going to uh, build his kingdom in his church, there's also certain kinds of deposits that he requires of you and I in our life. Amen? Number one, the very first deposit, I want you to take notes this morning, write these things down, depositing our life with Jesus Christ. Now that's a, that's a, that's a simple statement, deposit your life with Christ. But what I want you to understand is there's some depth to that. Uh, see, it's a call for an unreserved and uncommon commitment to Jesus Christ. It's more than just being, uh, it's more than just saying, I believe in Jesus, or it's more than just saying that, you know, I know who he is, but it is knowing and having an intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? See, this is what Christianity is all about, being committed to the things of Jesus Christ. It's, it's not just coming to church that's going to save you. 
It's not just being here in this place that's going to save you, amen? There's a commitment. There's a relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. It's allowing Christ to be Lord over every single area of your life, amen? I said it's allowing him to be Lord and Savior over every area of your life. I found an illustration. Suppose that you had a a thousand acre farm and someone offered to buy this thousand acre farm from you. You agree to sell the land except for one acre right in the very center which you want to keep for yourself. Most areas of the law would allow you to have access to this one lone spot on this uh, large mass of acres and, and, and you, you would have the right to build a road across the surrounding property in order to get to that one specific spot that you decided to keep for yourself. So it is with you and I as Christians, as believers uh, and, 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 and children of God, if we make less than 100% surrender to God, now listen to this, if we make less than 100% surrender to God, we can be sure that the devil will take advantage of any area or any inroad, amen, to reach that uncommon area of our lives. You say, well, I don't understand exactly where you're going with this, but I'll tell you the truth. So many times in our life, we're willing to give God all of the thousand acres, but we're only going to keep one for myself because we, we are always at our best interest, amen? We want to take care of number one, which is me. I need to know that my family is stable and secure, and I'm going to keep that one acre for myself. But what we don't realize, in that very moment that we're giving God 90% and keeping our 10% for ourselves, we have to build an entryway into that particular area. So not only do you get the house right in the center of a thousand acres, but in this story that's illustrated here, they also have to have a road that goes from their home in the center of that land all the way over to the fence line. As discreet as possible. And then that line of road will allow you to enter in on the side of that property. But we are disrupting And we're only giving God 90%. This is not a message on money this morning, but it is a message on what we are allowing God to do in our life. What deposits are you making in your life for the kingdom of God? You see, we can give God all of it, and God will be sure to bless us. But many times we only want to give God a portion of what only already belongs to Him. Amen? So this is the basis of Paul's appeal in our text. He says this in verse 28. Take heed unto yourselves. Not all call to selfishness or or looking out for number one, as I was just speaking just a moment ago. Many times it's about me. Uh, How can I better my life? How can I become successful and rich in life? How can I be at the top of the world? Amen. But see, that's not what God is looking for. See, God's going to make you a a champion in his eyes. God is going to bring you to the top. He's going to give you that bank account that is blessed because of your faithfulness. All those things are going to happen, but God wants us to see it in the beginning. He wants us to understand it at the very beginning, amen? You see, but a call to sacrifice, that's what he wants. He wants a call to sacrifice, and he wants a call to commitment. That means we cannot act like we used to act before we gave our lives to Jesus. We cannot be that same person that we used to be before we gave our lives to Jesus. We have to make a sacrifice. 
Lord, I'm going to give these things up. I'm going to surrender these things to you, Lord, because I want your total blessing on my life. Hallelujah. But then comes the commitment. And the commitment is a very hard and difficult thing. You commit to something. How many can be honest and say, you've committed to something, but you've, you've, you've fallen away? You've completely, you made the commitment and, and you, you started strong and things were good, but all of a sudden, because of an obstacle or because of some type of a circumstance in your life, you basically pulled yourself back and are no longer committed. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, it says I beseech you therefore, brethren, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. And it says, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, it is expected of us. Amen? We're, we're expected to surrender completely all of who we are to God. The Bible says, freely you have received, freely you shall give. See, we understand the simple fact of receiving. Receiving is wonderful. But if we understood that if we give, we shall receive. If we freely give, if we surely, uh, if we surely bless, uh, then we will be blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. And when God says, you know, I want you to do it this way, and I promise I'm not referencing to any circumstances or situations here in the church, but I've had phone calls where, where you know, 10 straight phone calls were, hey, pastor, what do you think? And then on the 11th time, they made their own decision, and it wasn't of God. Now, that doesn't mean that your pastor makes your decisions for you, but we are to go to God's uh, uh, authority in our lives, uh, God first, and then he puts our pastors into our lives so that we can go for counsel and get understanding of some things, amen? Listen, I know we all have perfect marriages in this place. Every single one of us have the greatest marriage in the world. But, you know, I'm talking about the guys down at the first church of the refrigerator. You know, they got some marriage problems down there. But, you know, if you want to get your marriage right with God, then you're going to have to learn how to ask and seek counsel. You're going to have to learn to go to the throne and not to the phone. Can I get a bigger amen? You're going to have to learn on, uh, you know, I got to depend on God and not depend on everybody else in my life. Amen? Because I got news for you. If you try to model your marriage and your life off of somebody else, you're going to fail because man will fail you. But I said, my God will never fail us. Hallelujah. Amen? I would rather give it all to God. I would all rather trust God with everything that I have and see what he can do with it. Amen? Praise God. You see, God has all the right answers. God wants us to have a sincere desire to see others saved. Hallelujah. God, God, God knows what he's doing. He's, he's messing with us. Sometimes God is dealing with you in a way that you don't understand it, but I got news for you. He is messing with you. Amen. Jesus said, I sanctify myself. I set my life apart to give it to God, is what he said. Didn't he say that? He's going to give his life completely, and sanctify, to give it all completely to God. Hallelujah. This requires deposits of your life into the bank of heaven. That's what it is. It's, it's a requirement of, of, of your life being deposited into the hands of the Lord, glory to God, into the heavenly things, glory to God. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, come on, y'all got to shout a little bit more in here this morning. If not, I'm going to put these notes away and we're going to start preaching. Hallelujah. 
2 Timothy chapter, chapter 1, verse 12, it says that God is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. Amen? In other words, whatever we have committed unto God, he's going to take care of. He's going to help. He's going to make it better. Glory to God. See, we won't have to worry when we have committed ourselves completely to the things of God. That's when he steps in. You see this word committed, it's a banking term. It's a banker's term. And it means to entrust as a deposit. To entrust it. God can't keep that which, which is, uh, has not been deposited. You see, if we haven't given our time to the Lord, then God can't do anything with that time that we have not given him. If we haven't uh, spoken to God and asked of his advice in something, how can God give us the clear answer in what we are looking for if we have not asked of him? Because when we hear the verse, uh, you know, ask and you shall receive, we're thinking about money all the time. Every one of you in this place thought about money. But he's saying, Lord, uh, you know, he says, he says, ask me and I will give it to you if it lines up with his will. The problem is many times what we're asking for does not line up with God's will Amen. for our life at that particular time. Amen? See, the problem that you and I have today is we like to make withdrawals from the kingdom of heaven, but we don't like to make a deposit into the kingdom of heaven. Oh, that's too much of a sacrifice for me. Now, one thing I will say in this church, when we have a revival, this place is packed out. But some of you are flirting with sin, and I don't know where this is coming from, but I believe it's the Holy Ghost. Some of you are flirting with sin. Some of you are dating the wrong people. Some of you are looking in the wrong directions. And God is saying, if you'll put it in my hands, if you'll trust in me, he says, I'll give you the desire of thy heart, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. But then I'm going to add my own version to that. If you want to keep doing it your way, then you go right ahead on and keep doing it your way. You'll deserve every knot you get on your head. Some people just walking down the street. And, and they really look at it too. They're, oh, man, that, hurt. that one hurt. Hello, oh, that one hurt. They have no control over their life. They have no control over circumstances or anything that's going on in their life because they are so overwhelmed with me. They're so overwhelmed with themselves. And how can I prosper? How can I get better? How can I be bigger and stronger? How can I do this and that? Instead of just saying, Lord, and listen, don't take me wrong. This has nothing to do with food and calories, okay? But we have to learn to trust God. We have to learn to live for him and just fall in love with the things of God. Amen? Listen, the key to power with God is having a commitment. That's the key to power with God. Be committed people. Don't be a wanderer. Don't be out there just going with the flow wherever it goes. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Let me tell you something. There's not a person in this place that would not be honest and say that what the world has to offer us today is not anything that, that helps us in any positive way. Drinking alcohol, smoking drugs, snorting, shooting, any type of drug, whatever the case might be, it does nothing to help us in, in our future. And as Brother Dwayne was talking, listen, it's not just your future, it's not your destiny, but it's your children's destiny. And it's your children's children's destiny. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So we need to understand that today, man. 
God does not want divided or competing loyalties. Jesus said, whoever does not forsake all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. We have to surrender it all to him. We have to give it all to him. See, our generation hates the word commitment. Oh, we love the easy way. Oh, we love to hear about all the good things and how much wonderful can benefit me in this way. But we hate to hear, oh, this word commitment. We hate to hear these. See, there is a major pressure to make less demands on people in this world today. Oh, don't tell nobody what to do. Don't give them directions. Uh, that's one thing about discipleship. What discipleship, uh, it's not something that teaches you, but you begin to catch uh, on to things. You begin to understand uh, by watching someone else. Uh, you begin to live it because you see someone else living it. Hallelujah, amen. Listen, I can't write a book and tell you how to have the best marriage in the world, but you can watch me how I love my wife and how I encourage her and how I strengthen her and lift her up on a daily basis. It's not just when you feel right or, or when you're looking for something, but it's all the time. I'm talking to real people here today. Amen? Oh, it's amazing when you, when you wanted to, to marry your wife, how nice and kind you were. Baby, I'll take you on a date. I'm sorry. I need to take you more. But isn't it amazing how we want to go on dates and we want to hold hands and we want to talk? And she can talk your ear off. Not mine, but yours. They will talk and talk and talk, and they got so much to say. And when you were dating her, oh, you were willing to listen. Oh, yeah, baby, tell me more. Yeah, I got all night. Yeah, no worries. Now, 20 years later, 20, 17, 18 years later in marriage, boom. There's no interest in conversation. Do you understand what I'm talking about today? You see, well, Jesus, God's word has never changed. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word is alive. His word is great. His word is power. His word is might. Hallelujah. But we forget and we don't realize that that same power is for today. It's in the midst of your problem. God's power is in the midst of your addiction. His power is in the midst of your denying the goodness of God. He says, if you'll just trust me, if you'll just believe me and understand me, well, I'll tell you what, if we would just get it, it's a simple walk. Walking with Jesus is mighty. It is powerful. Hallelujah. Amen. Number two, depositing our life in other people. It's got to be more than just a, me and the homie upstairs. We get along. Oh, me and my homeboy, God, we, we, we're down. I knew a guy one time, he got saved, he was, a, he was an ex-lowrider, and that's all he said. Oh, me and the homie upstairs, we're good. And on the weekends, he was at the bar. Because God was just a homie to him, that's all he was. You see, when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, God is not your homie, he is your God. He is your father, he is your director, he is your leader, hallelujah. It's more than just saying, Jesus and I, we got a good thing going. Or my bedroom is my church on Sunday mornings. Amen? There's some people, they're not here today because their bedroom is their church service every Sunday morning. Some people aren't willing to sacrifice and, and actually wake up in the morning, get dressed. And, you know, some of us don't look like this during the week. I, I mean, I, my wife says I clean up pretty well. Amen? But I'll tell you what, you have to have a desire in your life, and God will do great things. Amen? 
You see, he didn't save us just so we could escape hell. I said God didn't save us just so we could escape hell. God saved us to partner with him to spread his wonderful news. Amen? Did you get that this morning? You see, he didn't, he didn't save you this morning just to keep you from going to hell. Now, he did save you from keeping you from going to hell. But that was your choice. You said, Lord, save me if you're saved in this place today. But there's some people that think that they're saved and they're not saved. Because all they do is believe or all they do is know, but they don't live for him. Oh, don't shout me down this morning. Don't shout me down this morning. It's more than just, uh, you know, what the book of John says. You know, we take that out of context, a lot of the scripture. But it's like saying, you know what, I'm only going to believe that page in the Bible and the rest of this doesn't matter to me. Because my Bible says I do have to accept. I have to proclaim, profess the name, and call him as my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. But then it gives an instruction book right here on how to live my life for him. You see, you don't just get on a bicycle, sit on the seat, and say, come on, let's go. Unless it's one of these fancy bikes with a motor. But try riding it without gasoline and see what happens. You can get on a bike, and you can put your feet up in the air, and guess what? That bike's going to go somewhere, but it's going to go to the ground. So it's the same thing in our walk with God. If we just accept him and do nothing with the gift, the most amazing gift that he can give to man today, but he gives us that gift, but we do nothing with it, we're a walking dead man. Amen? God wants us to serve others. He does. He wants us to get involved. He wants us to use people. Multi power multiplication is, is discipling one another. Helping each other get it. If there's one thing that, about me that I would love is that what, the spirit of God that is in me would be contagious and that you would want it. That you would want it. When I worship God, I worship God like I've never worshipped God because I love him. Every day is so important to me. Every time I look at the things of God, they are so valuable and so important to me. When I preach, sometimes I have a message to preach, which is this morning and now. I, I go to preach it, and sometimes I can't even get through to it. Because I have so much that I want to express and so much love and joy of the Lord. I'm so grateful. I had a guy tell me just the other day in a restaurant, we went to eat. And, and this guy asked a question about spirituality. And I said, sir, I said, young man, let me tell you what it's really all about. I said, it's about a, a woman walking into a revival service back in 1978. She was a drug addict. She was hungover. She was a mess. And she was a violent woman. But God came into her life that day at an altar where she began to weep and cry. And she gave her life to Jesus Christ because she surrendered to God. Hallelujah. That was my mother. That was my mother, gave her life to Jesus. And because of that decision that that woman made that day, just like in your life today, there are decisions that somebody made and you're here today because of it. Glory to God. And I told that young man and his face was like this the whole time. He couldn't believe it. Because why? He was looking for a theological answer. He was looking for a, a spiritual answer. But I don't have a spiritual answer for you today. Hallelujah. It's in the Word of God. And we're ministering the Word of God today. But it's a personal relationship. It's an intimate relationship with God. Hallelujah. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Praise God. Number three, depositing people with God. You see, our call is to bring people to a place of maturity 
where they can live for God. Where you can live for God. Where you can come in this place and be accepted. You can come in this place and be used by God. There are criterias, there are things we follow as a church and as a ministry and as a fellowship to be able to serve in the kingdom of God. And I'm going to tell you the truth. These things will cost you. To be a disciple of Christ, it will cost you. It's not something that a baton is just handed over to you and you just keep running with it. No, there's a price to pay to be a disciple of Christ. There really is a, you know, why, why many try to, to avoid this. Must, it must be a hands-on involvement. You see, a lot of people will come in, they'll get saved, they'll give their life to the Lord, they're in and then they're out. There's an involvement. There's a, there's a, there's a commitment that's involved here. Amen? So, it'll also inconvenience you. Your time, your sacrifices. There's some people drive an hour and a half. There's some people in the first service, what do they say, three hours it takes them to get to church? Every Sunday, they're here. There's a lot of people here today, they drove an hour and a half to get to church. It's not about the miles you're driving, but it'll inconvenience you. <laughs> you think you're saving money on a house? No, you're paying for it in gas. But guess what? They're here. They, they made a stand. I'm going to serve God. I'm not going to let my little problems get. You know what? Half of you got in a fight with your wife this morning on the way to church. Guess what? You're here. You're here. Hallelujah. You broke through. Glory to God. You said, I'm going to be there. I don't care what happens. Uh, God will deal with her. <laughs> Amen? God will get her. Then they go back to that old, old time saying, oh, me and God are homies. God's going to get her. God's on my side. No, no, man. God is going to deal with you, sir. He's going to get you. You get into the presence of God. Once that service starts and the presence of the Lord comes through that music and the angels of the Lord are rejoicing, I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes I'm sitting back in this church just watching. Some of you come in here, madder than a hornet. You're, you're fighting and the spirit's all over you and I can see that glare and glow all over your face. And all of a sudden the spirit of God begins to move pastor will say something and it's like oh man oh man and then all of a sudden the arm comes out honey I'm sorry please forgive me I'm wrong if you can say that amen but we're not here to just make a deposit into our own life we're here to make these deposits that are so important to the kingdom of God so that God can be glorified hallelujah listen to me we've got to make our decisions based on the word of God these decisions have to be based on God's word. We can help uh, these people along. We can give them insight. We can give them guidance in their life. But ultimately, they must decide. And ultimately, their, their destiny rests in their hands. I said, your destiny rests in your hands. And the bad news is, well, the good news is some people make it. And the bad news is some people don't. Some people understand how to handle it. We got a brother here in this service today. He's a very talented musician. Very talented. He had a choice to make in his life at one time. He could have went and he could have went into the world and did it all the devil's way. But there came a time in his life where he made a decision that I'm going to serve God. 
and I'm going to do it God's way. Believe me, when you start making deposits like that into the kingdom of God, what God does is he says, you know what? I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what trial you're in right now. I don't care how much trouble it is, but I see that you have trusted in me and your deposits are going into the heavenly things. Glory to God. And he says, don't you worry. I will take care of you. How many have ever felt that from God? To know that you're just doing right. You know, it might not all look right on the outside. You might be in trouble. You might be going through some hard times. Your kids might be going through some hard times. Listen, we've had our fair share of troubles in our kids. But our kids, three, three out of four, are right here serving God in church. Amen? If you can get three out of four, you're doing real good in today's world. And my daughter, let me tell you something. God is touching her heart, and she says she's right with God right now. So praise God for that. Amen? So that's four out of four, but let me tell you something. There's a selfishness in me that wants my little girl here with us. Amen? But the deposits that I'm making into her future are to the things of God. You see, many times we're playing with God, with not, not just our money, but in all of our decisions in our life. Our deposits are going into the wrong direction. If you stop and look at your bank account, you'll be able to see how much money. If you're living in the world today, how much goes to alcohol, how much goes to parties, how much goes to the worldly life, and you'll begin to beat yourself up. And that's when the devil kicks in. He says, you know what? You're not worthy to even call yourself a Christian. There's people in this, in this church today, you're struggling with worldly things. For a minute there, you were like, oh, how could you say that? We're in church. Well, there's people in church that choose to live a worldly life. Can I get a bigger amen? amen? There's people in this place today, you got drugs in your pocket right now as we're speaking. And I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to tell you, this is the Holy Ghost. It ain't my notes. This is free. But there's some people in this place today, you've got something in your pocket, in your purse, that you can give to the Lord today. And I don't want to see it. I promise you, I don't want to see it. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask these ushers uh, right now, if you just grab me a trash can and bring it up here. Braden, take care of that for me. And we're going to set it right up here at this altar. And any time during this service, if you want to put something in that trash can, I don't care if it's a lighter that represents what you do. I don't care if it's a letter that you're holding on to from an ex-boyfriend. I don't care if it's some, a curse that somebody spoke into your life. Walk up to this trash can and throw it in that trash can and say, I'm delivered in Jesus' name because I got news for you. If you don't have any spunk in you, if you don't have any fire in you, then God cannot have his way in you. Amen. I'm not asking you to do it right now. You can do it during the service, during the altar call. Anytime this morning, you can come up and just dump it right in that trash can. It's going to go right out to the trash. I ain't going to look at it. I don't want to look at it. But I will tell you this. Your deposits need to be made in the proper places. I got news for you. Jesus loves you. He cares so much about you. And he wants to do such great things in your life. God has a plan for every single person here. And I'll be honest with you, we're playing games with God. We have such potential. Uh, brother, brother right here with the bandana on, tell me your name one more time. You. Laura's nephew. Alonzo? Alonzo, I gotta give you a word from the Lord. He put in my heart for you. God told me to tell you that your potential is so great that you have yet to see it. 
but he wants you to know that he's about to do it. It's about to happen in your life. He wants to do a great thing in your life, brother. The surrender that you've already made, there's already been a surrender. I know it. I feel it in my spirit right now. There's been a surrendering in your heart. And that surrendering has been to make that deposit in the godly things and the heavenly things. And God told me to tell you, because of your faithfulness and your commitment, that something's about to explode in your life and it's going to be a good thing. You need to believe it this morning. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes in reverence to the Holy Spirit that's at work right now in this place. You see, I can talk about grace, God's favor and His grace all day long because I understand His grace. And God is a wonderful God. But unless you stand up and help yourself and you reach out to God on your own, it's sad to say that God cannot do a whole lot in your life without your permission. Yeah, God could definitely, you know, Jesus could have came off of that cross in any moment. He could have cursed those people. He could have stricken them all dead in the very moment. He could have manifest his power, but he gave his life so that you and I could be set free today. So that we could be delivered and not have to live with this condemnation and this guilt and this shame which comes from sin in our lives. And I, I, I know, I know that I'm talking to some real people. You know, as, as the Apostle Paul was ministering and, and had his people all around him, there, there were men that were with him that were successful. Timothy was successful. But on the other hand, there were other people. Uh, Demas was another one, but unsuccessful because of decisions that he made in his life that were not pleasing to God. You and I have an opportunity this morning where we can say, you know what, I'm going to surrender to God. And if we would just surrender and truly surrender, it would blow your mind to see what God could do in your life. You know, walking with God is not a magical thing. It's a daily personal relationship. The Bible says in Philippians 1.6, I am confident of, of, of one thing, he said. He that hath begun a good work in you, he will perform it. He's done a good thing. He's begun a good thing. He will continue it. He will work it. He will continue to do a great thing. He will work with you. If you'll just surrender and know that the ultimate responsibility belongs to God after you've surrendered. And God will lift you up all over this place with heads bowed and eyes closed today. You're here today. You say, I'm not right with God. You're online. You're watching this morning. And you say, I am not right with God. I'm away from the Lord. I've got sin in my life. And I want to be saved this morning. And if that's you all over this place, from left to right, front to back, I want you just to lift your hand up. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved. Just put it up. Put it right back down. Don't hesitate. Praise God. I see these hands. How many more? Praise God. How many more? 
I see these hands. How many more? Just put it up and put it right back down. Don't be afraid. If the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart this morning, just let God move. Let Him be real in your life. Allow Him to do the work in you this morning. How many more? I'm not going to beg you to, to, to give your life to Jesus this morning. I want you to understand that right now, if you've lifted your hand, God is at work. He's moving on your behalf. Praise God. If you lifted your hand this morning, I want you to look up at me. Brother, did you mean that? Do you all mean that? You meant it, didn't you? Ma'am, did you mean that? You want God to do a brand new thing in your life, don't you? Praise God. Do you believe he can do it? Yes. Brother, do you believe he can do it? I want you to stand up if you could. Just come down here. I want to pray for you this morning. Don't be afraid. Come on. If I could get some workers down here with me this morning. Ma'am, just go ahead and stand right here. Brother, stand right there. Praise God. Come on. Praise God. I need some more workers, more than the ones I have here. Praise God. You don't have to pray with them, just stand with them. I need two females up here. Another one, please. Praise God. Thank you. You see, this right here is the most important decision we'll ever make in our life. This is what it's all about. This is why we came to church today. This is the reason. You know, we can't have someone walking behind us every single day just kicking us in the backside. It doesn't work. It's happened all our lives. We've been pushed around and abused, and we kind of just fly with the wind. But what we need is true discipleship. This right here, where the Word of God is spoken into your life. It's alive. But it continues to live. And this is where it becomes your responsibility. Once we pray this prayer this morning, Church, stand to your feet this morning, if you would. When we pray this prayer that we're about to pray with you this morning, that's when God begins to work. He's already at work right now, but God begins to do a new thing. And you're going to have to do something that's a sacrifice for yourself. You're going to have to give up some things. You're going to have to fight your flesh. You're going to have to judo chop the devil once in a while. Sometimes it pays to turn around and tell the devil, get off of me. Get away from me, devil. You can't have me. Amen? Let's pray this prayer. Let's, church, if you would, pray this prayer with me all over this congregation. Listen, mean it from your hearts this morning. Pray. These are precious souls surrendering to the Lord. Father God, I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to come into my life and save me. Set me free. Break every bondage of sin in my life. Make me a brand new person. I surrender right now. And I give you free reign of my life. All the acreage I give to you right now. Everything about me I give to you right now. And I give you the keys. You're the owner of my life. And I will serve you from this moment forward. Whatever addictions I have in my life, I give them to you right now. I surrender right now. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand.